0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We head into Christmas very, very quickly. Uh, Rachel already read this verse, but I'd love us just to read it again, Isaiah 9, 6. It'll be on the screen behind me what we've been setting out for uh, the whole of Christmas. It says this, For unto us a child is born... Unto us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As we've mentioned before, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking, Hope to God's people at a time when they're in a season of destruction and turmoil, about a coming Saviour, and this is a a prophecy which means it says ahead of time about what's happening. So this was actually about 750 years before Jesus came, and as we've mentioned uh, each week, these names or titles um, of Jesus that we've been working through, so Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Um, they're they're there for a reason, so these are not... um, Jesus' different social media handles for his different accounts. You know, he was a wonderful counsellor on Facebook because who knows that everyone on Facebook needs a whole lot more counselling. You know, he was a mighty God on Snapchat or everlasting father for the Instagram aesthetic or, um, you know, Prince of Peace for TikTok. These, these are something that helps us to understand more of who Jesus is, and so week one I spoke about Jesus being a wonderful counselor, and we talked about that. If we were to uh, maybe paraphrase that into today's language, it could be like "Wow!" all caps counselor. That this word "wonderful" actually means to be uh, filled with awe and wonder, to be awestruck, and that's the type of counsel. That's the type of advice. That's the uh, that's what happens when we follow God's leading for our lives and and who he is. And so we ask the question, whose counsel are you listening to? The counsel of Jesus or the counsel of the enemy? One brings life and the other brings destruction. And then last week Rachel spoke an incredible message on Jesus as mighty God that if we could imagine or google the mightiest thing in this world that Jesus goes far beyond that and if we're called to serve a mighty God, then that makes us a mighty people. We serve a mighty God, and He fills us with His strength, with His might, so that we can go out and be an influence wherever we are. And so today we're looking at the third uh, listing in that, uh, in that passage of Scripture that I read before, uh, which is Everlasting Father. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, Father, I'm pretty sure Jesus is is the Father's Son? Like, isn't there that whole Trinity thing? They're not the Matrix thing, the God thing. Like, isn't there this whole Trinity thing going on? You know, God is three distinct persons, but one, you know, Father, Spirit, Son. So, so you might be thinking, how does this all work? How can Jesus have a name title of Everlasting Father? That's, that's, that's a great question. And so, in that same verse that we've read already, we find that Jesus. All in one is described as a child. He's described as a son. He's described as a counsellor, obviously. He's described, and now he's described as an everlasting father. And you might be thinking, wow, this is, this is really getting confusing. What's going on here? But if we just step back for a little moment and remember a couple of things. First of all, and probably the key one, we're, we're trying to describe an all-knowing ever-present, all-powerful God that's revealed in Jesus Christ. We're we're, we're trying to describe the One that wasn't created, but just always existed. We're we're trying to describe the One that before anything was, Jesus was. He he, he was there. So, So we're trying to figure out a way in human terms to go, how could we describe all of who God is, all of who He is, how can we communicate and understand His language just in, you know, just in English or just in whatever language we speak or you know, just in human, human terms? It's not going to be possible. So there's always going to be some holes and there's always going to be some things that just fall short. But not only that, but Jesus is described as all these different and even seemingly opposing things because He harnesses all these attributes so that He relates to each and every one of us. Wherever we are, Whatever our stage of life, whatever, whatever we've gone through, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament speaks of Jesus like this. To be on the screen here, Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. It says, So then... Since we have a great high priest, speaking of Jesus, who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. You see, not only is Jesus far beyond anything we could describe or imagine, but He's also able to understand and sympathise with us for many reasons. And one of the main ones is because the most awe-inspiring miracle of all occurred, which we celebrate at this time, is that Jesus would come to earth in human flesh. That God would come down, not that we would have to work our way up, but that God would come down. I I love the line from the Hillsong um, song, Seasons, that says, he could have saved us in a second. Instead, he sent a child. Amazing. Amazing. That God in his infinite wisdom could have just clicked his fingers or tapped his heels or, you know, done the, the secret signal, rubbed the nose or something to save humanity, but instead... He sends a son. Instead, he sends one who would come and show us the way to live and then live in obscurity until about the age of 30 and then have three years and then change the planet in that time. Like just, just phenomenal, just phenomenal. You know, there's a story of a young boy. It's not Ben, by the way, so I haven't, I haven't changed the name. I read this one. Um, there's a story of a young boy who was trying to get to sleep at night. His mother had tucked him in, gone through the bedtime routine, get a drink, go to the toilet, get another drink, go to the toilet again, get another drink, go to the toilet, you know, read a, read a story, say a prayer, kiss on the cheek, she leaves the room. However, the young child um, had become scared thinking there were monsters in the cupboard the mother opened the door and checked there were none. And then the, uh, the young child said, but mum, they come back when you go. And so the conversation went on like this for a while. Maybe if you're a parent here, maybe you've had that conversation before. And, and so the mother thought, that's it, I'll get, I'll get spiritual. This will help this. And, and so the mother talked to the child about how God was everywhere. And they prayed and they said, God, you're here, you're, you're everywhere. And then after they prayed. She spoke to the boy again and asked, how, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like God is here? And he sheepishly sort of nodded his head and said, I, I, I think so, but I really do wish that God had some skin on. I wish he could just be here with you. And, and, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. I, I love that line, that, G, that God came with some skin on. Like he was here. He's able to relate In our weakness, the Bible says that He was tested in every way, just as we are tested in every way. God came down with skin on as Jesus. And so, let's we want to talk about the rest of our time about what this title or description of everlasting Father, what does it tell us about Jesus? You know, in the original language of this verse, some commentators have said that this phrase could be understood um, as this that He is the Father. Of eternity, He's the father of eternity in just the same way as we might describe a, a wise person as like the father of wisdom or an unwise person might be the father of folly. That, that Jesus is the father of eternity. Younger uh, people, younger than me, might use this term. I'll explain it for the older people. Uh, they might use this term, the OG Okay, so that stands for the original gangster, by the way. And just so you know that I'm so down with the kids, I spelt gangster in my notes, G-A-N-G-S-T-A. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's how it's done. So, so, so for us older folk, what, what, what the OG means is it means the originator. They're at the beginning. So there's this idea that Jesus is the OG of eternity. He is the father of eternity. He's not the child of eternity. He's the father of eternity. He didn't just turn up in Mary's belly when the angel's like, surprise. I know you haven't, Mary, done the thing, but guess what? You're pregnant. Congratulations. Enjoy. This is going to be amazing. But Jesus was there in the beginning. He was the father or the OG of eternity. John 1, I think Rachel used this scripture as well last week. One through to five says this in the beginning, the word, it's a capital W there and it's speaking about Jesus, already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life. Brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, uh, can never extinguish it. Jesus always was, always is, and will always be. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Father of eternity. So if we understand that eternity begins in Jesus, that it ends in Jesus. Um, He is so everlasting, but then also not so everlasting, that He can't comprehend the challenges that we face. He is far above us, yet He is right here with us as well. And so if we can understand that... we. This must impact our everyday life. This must impact our Christmas shopping. This must impact how we uh, relate to others. This must impact how we do family. It must impact how we are at school, at university. And so I want to share two thoughts uh, with you this morning about if we understand that Jesus is this everlasting Father, this Father of eternity, that He's so far above us yet so close to us, how should this affect us? Number one is this, is we view the present challenges that we face As normal, yet temporary. I'll read that again. We view the present challenges that we face as normal, yet temporary. What what do I what do I mean by that? I spoke a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to go into it too much, but about how generally uh, across the Western world, sociologists say that since the fall of the Berlin Wall, which was nineteen eighty nine, we've been in this until about March of twenty twenty. We've been in this age of smooth that just everything worked. You know, I want to buy this, I'll get it. If I have the resources, I want to fly to LA tomorrow, there's four flights to choose from, I'll jump on a plane and do that. If I want to get these sneakers from Platypus, I'll order them and they'll be at the shop an hour later for click and collect and I'll go there and and it'll it'll be fine, right? We've been in this age where everything everything just worked. It was the promise of the postmodern age. Let's make the world or at least our part of the world Better. Let's make everyone get along. Let's purchase cheap items to fill the emptiness inside. No thought for what you know, environmental or human cost it takes to produce a $9 Kmart iron. But anyway, we're all going to move to some type of utopian future together, and it's going to be amazing. But we have now seen that this is falling apart. We've now seen that it's an empty promise, and in fact, it actually always was always promising satisfaction but never delivering but now we're seeing it play out on a bit of a larger scale and because we're just so saturated swimming in this type of culture it's easy to let that influence our faith in god and our relationship with jesus here here's how i find it impacts my life when something go doesn't go according to plan or is harder than I originally anticipated, I wonder, where God is? Like, where, where are you, God? Like, this is supposed to be easy. Like, what, what's, what's going on? Like, why did not you help me? Why did not you make it easy for me? Like, come, come on, God. Like, what's, what's going on? And so often, I know for my life, I can disconnect from God a little instead of realizing that He's trying to work something in me of growth in the challenge, and that the challenge, we should view the challenge as normal yet temporary. Can I get really honest for a second? I um, prepared this message on Tuesday, and then at least once every day since then, because I, I would have thought to myself, oh dear Lord... Please let me not be preparing a message like this because something's going to go wrong at Carol's and it's not going to work out and then I'm going to be, see, God prepared me beforehand. But that's what we live like sometimes. Like, God, we just want everything to go right. Can you just make everything smooth? Can you just make everything easy? Thank you, God, that that wasn't the case. It was just a word that you wanted. But you know know what I mean? Like, that's that's, that's our thinking so often. Yet God calls us... If Jesus is the Father of eternity, if He is the OG of eternity, if He is so far above everything that we are yet so close, we can view any challenge we face as temporary, sorry, as normal, but also temporary. You see, because smooth is not the promise of Jesus unfortunate hey it's <laughs> not let's 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 read this John 16:33 says this I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me great awesome here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows oh can we just sort of like, you know redact that part out okay but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus was pretty clear there with his disciples, yet we often quote the second half of the verse forgetting that middle section where he says, "Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows." Paul says it like this to the church in Rome in Romans 17, sorry 8,17 to 18. He says, "And since we are His children, we are His heirs." In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are able to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Amazing. And just to give us a little bit of perspective here on maybe some of the challenge that Paul's talking about in Rome is that at that time that Paul wrote that, uh, the Emperor Claudius had just kicked Every Jewish person out of the city of Rome, because this new religion of Christianity, he thought he saw as a threat to his rule, and he saw as a Jewish, um, a, a Jewish religion. So he kicked every Jew out. Then five years later, changes to Nero, and you think, oh, it's going to get better, no, because it was Nero, um, and it said that he would actually uh, light Christians on fire. Uh, in his garden, so that he could just have some light around the place. And so, into that environment, Paul says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal. In us later. Now, we say all that not to discount the current challenge that we might be facing personally. Maybe it's a challenge in your marriage or in your finances. Maybe it's a challenge of raising children. Maybe it's a challenge of negotiating with adult children. Maybe it's a health challenge. Or maybe it's just something completely different. But Jesus was clear. He said we will face challenges, trials and tests, but because he is the OG of eternity, because he is the father of eternity, because he is everlasting father, we know that we view these present challenges as normal yet temporary. And number two is this. So we view the, number one is we view the challenge, sorry, the present challenges as normal yet temporary. But number two is we view our future glory as certain. The end of the Romans passages I just read, let me, Remind you of it. It says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I want to encourage you that whatever challenge you are facing right now, God is wanting to work in your life to develop your trust, develop your faith, and develop your hope in him. Jesus is the Father of everlasting. The originator of eternity and what seems like an impossible situation maybe for us is just a little blip on the radar in God's sovereign plan across the entire earth for the entire length of time. It's just a little blip. Not, that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter, but it means that God is so much bigger and greater than anything we could imagine, and his grand scheme is that we would come more and more into that life-giving relationship with Jesus. You know, I was talking to, uh, a student at the school that I chaplain at the other day about, about looking forward to um, something about having, having hope and being, being hope-filled. And so we talked about when a, um, when a storm comes blowing up the coast from down south, and sometimes you can look um, and you feel like you're in this middle of the storm, but if you, you know, look south along the coast, you can see this, um, you can see this blue sky coming. And I, and I went to say that, I went to say, and you can see this blue sky coming, and I'm like, hang on, that analogy doesn't work, does it? You know, student's name. And he's like, Well, what do you mean? And I'm like, Well, the blue sky's always there, isn't it? And he's like, Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so we, re- you know, because you've got to get the analogy right when, you, when you're talking to you four students. But anyway, so, so we, like, we revamped it and said, No, no, it's all right. The storm's blowing through. And I thought about that. And so, you know, I adjusted the analogy and it all worked out. He was fine. But, but for us here, the, the, the blue sky is the picture of Jesus Christ the father of eternity it's even it's always there even though sometimes it's filled feels sorry like it's covered by the wind and the rain and the storm but they will blow through and the scripture as the scripture says in Matthew we will be left anchored to the rock of eternity Jesus Christ Standing strong, maybe a little bit battered and bruised. But like the Word says, take heart, Jesus says, for I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. So even though the challenges we face may be hard, they may feel like, you know, the storms like ripping through us, but we know that after the storm, there is blue sky. There is blue sky that has always been there. There is blue sky that is Jesus Christ. There is blue sky that we put our hope and we put our trust and we put our future in because even though we have temporary challenges, we know they will pass, but we have a future, a glorious future that is certain in Jesus Christ. It's certain in Jesus Christ. And so this morning as we start to wrap this whole thing up, I would love to, to read and declare a, a whole bunch of this Scripture over our lives. Maybe the, the band can come and, come and join me um, because there's something about the power of God's Word. There's something about the reading of Scripture that sets our hearts, that sets our minds, that fills us with with peace, that fills us with hope, that as we anchor our lives to that, as we remember week one when we talked about the wonderful counsellor, that we put our hope and our trust, that we hear His voice, that we hear His advice, that we heed His counsel for our lives. Something powerful happens. And so maybe, th- maybe this morning you can close your eyes or lift your hands or something that just connects you with God. I am gonna read from you Romans 8. It says 26 through to 39. This is this is what it says. This is part of the future promise over our lives. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads with us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, someone needs to hear that this morning. If God is for us... Then who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? No one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And He is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed. Every day we are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us and i am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from god's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow come on neither your fears of today or your worries for tomorrow can separate us from god's love not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on, this morning, that is the future hope that is certain for your life. That is the the future hope that goes beyond our fears, that goes beyond our worry, that goes beyond anything that we face. Facing challenges is normal. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Most of the time, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. If you make your own bad decisions and pay the consequences, that's on you. But it doesn't doesn't mean that we're out of the will of God. What it means is that God is wanting to form something of Himself in our lives. And we have these temporary, fading challenges. But more than that, we have an eternity and a glorious future that is absolutely certain. It's absolutely certain. And you know, the great first step to coming into that glorious future is to accept Jesus Christ in your life, to accept Him as your Lord and your Saviour. Maybe you've done that before and it's been a while and there's been a disconnect between you and God. Or maybe you haven't done that at all. And maybe this is your first, second, whatever time in church Can I ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes? And if you'd like to make that decision to connect with the everlasting Father, to connect with the one who is above all, yet knows and understands us, right where you are with every eye closed, every head bowed, would you just lift your hand where you are? I'll see that hand. You can put it back down. Yep, I see your hand over there. That's awesome. Come on, come on. Is there someone else? Is there someone else like that who wants to lift their hand and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ in my life this morning? Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. So good. Come on, is there someone else this morning who wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, church, let's... Uh, Pray this prayer out loud. Would you repeat it after me? Pray it to God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, this morning, I accept your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. From this day on, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, can we give him a big?